This is the More Than Work podcast, where we talk all about how to gain more satisfaction in your job. It's possible to enjoy your life and your work, because business is personal. Hey, More Than Workers. We've been talking a lot about conflict lately on our team, and I wanted to go back and share a little story that happened to me when I was an engineer. And I was working on a packaging line. And this packaging line was very, very complex, had a lot of steps to it, lots of ways for this machine to break. And break this machine did, and it broke often. And I was stuck running the machine at night or overseeing a crew of people that ran this machine overnight, trying to figure out how to get this machine back up and running. And I didn't feel like I had the information I needed on how the machine actually worked to be able to solve the problem. And that frustration really overcame me. And during a shift change, there was an engineer, another engineer who always worked days, who oversaw the installation of the machine, who had a lot of the information that I desired, but was not readily sharing that information. And I got upset. And I told this person, I said, you're not sharing the information. I need the information to be able to fix this. I don't know why you're hoarding it. And spoke probably poorly about how I needed that information. The other engineer replied, look, your attitude is terrible. You just need to focus on fixing the machine and stop blaming other people for problems. And we got into a full drawn out argument that occurred over the course of weeks, actually, of, through multiple conversations, where I kept saying, I need more information to be able to solve these problems. And he kept saying, your attitude is bad. You need to bring, you need to bring this up a different way. Just focus on trying to solve the problems. When you think back to that conversation, I realized that we were talking about two different things, two different topics. Topic number one is the problem of I not having enough information. I don't have the information I need to be able to fix this machine. Problem number two is I was not communicating effectively or in a very good way, in a civil way to be able to get the information. I was communicating in a toxic way that was also leading my team down the wrong path. Both problems were real. Both problems existed at the same time, but we were not talking about them at the same time. We were arguing across each other. There's a term for this. There's a term for this in communication and it's called switch tracking. The idea is that we start off in our communications on a certain track. I bring up a problem. I have problem A that I would like to talk about. I bring that up to Matt. Matt is thinking about problem B. Matt replies with problem B and starts talking about problem B. I'm arguing with Matt, but I'm talking about A and he's talking about B. It's switch tracking. We're on two different tracks. It's very difficult to resolve conflicts this way when you're talking about two different topics. So we decided to highlight this idea of switch tracking to you, the more than workers out there, and to talk about how can we get past switch tracking in order to help us to resolve conflicts, which I know all of you who are listening love to deal with is conflict. We know everybody Mm -hmm. loves to deal with conflict. So Love me some conflict. Matt, why don't you take us away, but try and stay on the same topic if you could. Don't switch track. Don't switch track. I just want to know who won. Who won in your scenario? Who was the winner? In, well, see, what we decided eventually was once I communicated how the information would help me and he kept communicating to me how I needed to bring it up a different way, I finally brought it up a different way. And I sat down with him and I said, is there any way that we could work together 
to be able to fix this equipment because I don't want it to be down all night either. I feel like I'm missing some information. Is there a different way? Is there something else that I could do? Mm. And then he opened up and said, well, yes, actually there's probably some information I could share and then started sharing some of the information. So it was kind of like, I needed to acknowledge first that I did need to approach it a different way. Right. I approached it in very 23 year old Don Harkey kind of a way, which was not good. Yeah. I was bull in a China shop. So, so I, I definitely own that. And once I got past that of how I was approaching it, uh, the other person also started approaching things differently. And then we were able to quickly resolve that issue. So you conceded the point. You extended the olive branch. You took the high road. Tried all to take the high road. Marks, all of these other bookmark sayings that we could potentially do. Like that's where that that conflict, I think, I think the story that you shared is very, very relatable. And you might not know it by the quote unquote term of switch tracking for those that are listening right now. But this is something maybe that happens in your life a little bit uh, too often. In fact, Don, I'm just going to interview you for just a second. So whenever that was happening, you're in the midst of that, right? What was the feeling at the end of each day? You said this went on for weeks. What was the feeling at the end of each day that maybe you left work with? We had a, I mean, this will give you an idea. We had a book that we would write notes to each other from shift to shift. <laughs> I like this already. And I, don't know, I've not heard of, I haven't heard the story, but I like it already. And the, the handwriting in the books got increasingly larger and larger, like writing in all caps and with exclamation points and like circles. Yeah. And I mean, this was before emails and stuff. So that's how you used to, that was the big font that we used to be able to use is we'd write these nasty notes to each other. And eventually the notes got so nasty that we were actually, we tore them out of the book yeah. so that a plant manager later didn't come by and read those <laughs> notes because we were cursing at each other and uh, it, it got pretty bad. So at the end um, of each day, you left very dissatisfied, probably, and it was affecting not only that conversation or that relationship, but probably your role or the job or your view of the company or, you know, all of those, all of those things too. Like we get sucked into these conversations here and it, and it, and it puts a damper on us as a quote unquote worker or an employee. And it not only stresses the ourselves, but it can, it can stress the people around us too. And Matt, I was even working hard to recruit other people to my side because what I saw was this battle, right? I'm like, you have information that I need. And I was stuck in that. And I wasn't hearing the other piece of that. So then it was every time we would have a tr trouble with the machine at night, especially I would tell the op other operators, well, this same person won't, we could probably fix it. If I could just log into here, I could figure out where it was broken. We could go straight to it and fix it. But now we're going to have to hunt and look for the problem and troubleshoot and play with this thing without having any knowledge of it to be able to fix it. And I think that it started to create a toxicity inside of our team. People started to feel really negative. So even over a night, even if we did solve the problems and we did get the machine back up and running and we good things happened, we didn't feel good about it. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you one other question and then we'll involve everybody. Diana and Bethany want to play also today. So let me ask you one other question though, too here with that one, with, with, with your scenario, like who was right? Well, clearly I was right. I mean, that's, <laughs> I think that, I think the answer, and sometimes we miss this, but I think the answer is like, we were both correct. Both of the things that we were asking for, both of the things that we were saying were correct. We just were, we were too busy defending our own position instead of also trying to seek to understand that other position. And then what I needed to do to be able to relate better. Ultimately, you got there to that point, but would you agree? Both of you were correct in what, it, what, it, you know, your approach or what it was you were defending or what it was you were saying. And here 25 years later, even just to show you how powerful those emotions are, I look back on that and I hate the idea of that, but it's absolutely true. Like I was absolutely a bull in a China shop bringing stuff up. I wasn't bringing it up the right way. I was even trying to remember the first time I brought it up. And I think it was after a particularly difficult night 
of working where we really missed a lot of production and, and just were struggling with things. And I was probably coded in the product that we were trying to make and just, just all the bad things that happened. And I, but it, yeah, I got really stuck in what I was talking about, but we were both ultimately right. I did need more information to be able to do the job and I could have asked for it in a different way. And I could have been a better leader for that team. All right. So I, I'm going to quit picking on Don here. I'm going to invite everybody else to the conversation as well, but I want you all to think, and maybe us internally here too, but let's talk about maybe some of the reasons that we fall into this. I think it's pretty common and people that are listening, you probably can think of a scenario where, yeah, that I got involved in that also, or that occurred, that happened to me. And you know what, this isn't just a thing that's exclusive to our work life. This is a home life thing too, where we, we do this with other relationships with our you know, family and friends too. But why does it occur? Where, where do you think this idea of switch tracking comes from? Like what causes us to be able to maybe take that stance or use that approach? Diana? You know, I'm not a hundred percent sure where it comes from or why it happens, but I know, I know that I do it. And I, for me, I think it's a little bit of a few different things. One, I think it's, I want to win the fight, right? Yeah, like sure. I want to win the conflict. I want to put my piece out there. I want to say what's on my mind. And two, all of these things are connected in my mind. And so it doesn't feel like I'm switching the topic. For me, it's more oh, like a, yeah. yeah, right? Like, I don't think I'm switching the topic. To me, it's connected and it's all part of something bigger. But if I'm not saying that, I'm not expressing that, then it lends to a lot of confusion. So I don't, I don't totally know where it comes from for a lot of people, but that's where it is. For oh, me. I like what you're saying. Like you can call it switch tracking all you want, but there's a cause to me. It's not a switch tracking. It's a cause and effect. What you are doing mm -hmm. is making me respond this way or what you, you know, sure. the situation is causing me to do this. Like uh, we can view it. So I think we internalize that as a kind of a cause and effect, which I'm sure Don would, would agree with his scenario earlier. Bethany, what do you think? I was thinking with this too, we've talked a lot about like narrative paradigms before. And I think we get so lost in our own story that to us, it just all like this, all like you're saying, Diana, it all makes sense. So I'm not even considering what the other person is saying, because that's not even part of my story in my mind, like that, what they're saying has nothing to do with my story. So it just seems irrelevant. And so I'm going to keep going with what I know on my, you know, in my head and in my story and keep arguing that until they start falling into line with what my story says, if that makes sense. Also, I just think, like you said, this is so common that it's a wonder that we're able to solve problems at all. I don't even know how we have solved problems. Yeah. <laughs> You're so right. Yeah. I think this is so, so common because even people like us on this you know, we do communication conflict all the time and I still do this. Like, I know I do this. Yeah. yeah. I think we should have used what Bethany just said as the title of this podcast. Like, I don't even know how we solve problems. Right. I think that's a great really? title for what it is <laughs> that we do. No, but sometimes, you know, so we do have the benefit, by the way, and we'll probably get to this, but we do have the benefit of being able to work with organizations from this, we refer to it as the outside insight. We are not caught in the same conversation or the paradigm. If, if we were to have approached Don and his coworker at that time from the outside looking in, we might've been like, why, why is this a fight? Like you guys are both trying to solve for the same thing. Why is this a fight? But when you're in the middle of it, boy, it sure feels like it's much different, right, Don? I think it's really obvious from an outsider if you look at it that way. And I think if you recognize the concept, and so those of you listening right now, 
the next time you're at work or at home or anything and you hear a conflict, watch for the switch tracking to occur. Watch for the two different arguments now and they're, and, and they're missing each other. And then you have a decision, I think, as an outsider. You can listen to that and then you can try to use that outside insight to try to help to draw, hey, there's actually two different things you all are talking about. You're talking about this and you're talking about this. Do you think there's some truth in both of those things? And maybe you could help mediate that discussion. Or unfortunately, right now in our social media uh, tabloid politics type world, the other response can be is you jump on a side. Like, like I'm going to see, yeah, you're right. You're right. hundred percent. Yeah, go get them. And I see people do this without even knowing what the other side is. Sometimes they don't even hear the other story. They just jump on, on the bandwagon to try to support the argument. Like I want to watch the fight. It, it's the kids at the playground cheering for the fight. Right. That's me every time. I want to watch the fight. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You yeah, I think I think that's a real thing. I'm sorry, Bethany. Were you going to say something? No. Well, I was thinking of an example too. I, you know, we talk yeah, about how great. common this is, and just how there's sometimes there's no not nobody's right or wrong. They're both they're both right because you're just talking about two different things. So I think about like you know in your marriage, this probably happens all the time. And I think about like common arguments that Clayton and I have, me and my husband have had where, you know, he'll get me a really nice gift and he's trying to be really thoughtful. And then I get mad because he spent so much money on a gift. And then we're having an argument about how you, he's having an argument about how I don't appreciate the thoughtful gift that he gave me. And I'm having an argument about how we're spending money and we're having two legitimate arguments, but they're not, we can't like connect the pieces. (laughs) And so it's like having to stop and say, okay, let's acknowledge this. Let's acknowledge this side. And then we'll acknowledge my side because those are two different things. And we probably both have a legitimate argument in that case. Well, I can see where he does clearly, Bethany. Yeah, I'm, on team, to, I'm on team I'm Clayton. I'm on team Bethany. I was just trying to get you. you guys, no, no, I'm on team It's all about Bethany. making memories. 10 years from now, you won't even know that that money. Right. Anyway, you'll remember that gift though. Uh, any, any, <laughs> anyway, clearly there is a right and wrong, but no, you know, if the first question was, okay, so what causes this to occur? I think we made some valid points here. Like Diana was very upfront with saying, you know, I just want to win. Like I, I want to win the argument and maybe we might see that the question that was initially posed, I can't see far enough through my frustration yet to be able to see that there is a valid point there, but I know I can win a point if I take this approach. And, and sometimes conversations and communication is all about leverage. Uh, and we view that like, who has, who has the leverage here? So wanting to win, I like, you know, Bethany had talked about, um, you know, being lost in our story. Sometimes we just get so, you know, we're using a little bit of narrative paradigm in there too. We get lost in our own story and this has now become the reality. And, and then Don also said, not only is it the reality, like I'm trying to recruit other people to my side of this reality. And you can see then in your own life, you know, think of these, ex, you know, kind of examples there that we're using and see how quickly that gets off the rails. And pretty soon you get so far into it, it's going to be very, very hard to be able to overcome that conversation. In fact, I can think of another organization that we work with. We always, we always protect the innocent here, but another organization that we work with where there's no really expiration date on those conversations that are left you know, uh, unresolved for some people too. We work with a company that, that the top two people, man, it's the same fight all the time. It's the same fight. This one gets frustrated about this. And then it's the, oh yeah, well, what about all of these things that we haven't even ever uh, resolved? And then we start, we start now derailing the conversation to again, defend our point and we're not resolving anything. Just, we, we just go to a point to where we can stop and rest, but we haven't really 
confronted anything. We haven't really haven't really overcome the conversation. So if we're moving towards now, I think we've we've made the case for this is switch tracking. Yes, it's a real thing. You might refer to it as something else, but we all get caught up into it. How do we overcome something like this? You know, Don, in your case, you said, okay, ultimately it was me that said, okay, let me just take a step back. And let me just try to approach that person in this way. Maybe, maybe my communication is off. And Don, ask, let's ask this question. I, you know, maybe it's unrelated or maybe it's too far, but uh, might not have been something that you wanted to do. That was not your goal to fix whenever this whole conversation started. You might have still at the end felt like, I don't feel like I even had to do that. Like, I think my communication is fine. But what made you take that step you know, and kind of set yourself aside and take that step. What was that? In, in that specific case, I'd love to say it was some wave of maturity or leadership or knowledge that overwhelmed me, but really <laughs> it was pure desperation and knowing I had to do a different approach, like just seeing the same approach and hitting the wall over and over and over and, you know, day after day after day, I thought I got to, I got to approach this differently somehow. And so, so I looked for that kind of an approach just to come in and just to, to, to be soft yeah. a little bit. But I, I do think though, that listening, you know, when I did do that, it was, even though I was faking it going into it, like I was, I wasn't, I didn't feel it. Like, I really want to hear what you have to say. I just, I'm like, I just, whatever you need to tell me to help me get what I need from you, just do that in the moment. Even the act of faking it got, it did get real in that conversation. I did even in the moment recognize like, okay, yeah, I didn't approach this very well. There are a lot of better ways I could approach that. So, I mean, it, 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 I think you can even start by faking it and not seeing the other side of that. But it really does start, and I think you, you alluded to this, it starts by listening, right? You yeah. have to listen to the other side. A lot of times when we're arguing with each other, we just want to get our points out. We see that happening a lot nationally right now. I think people are super, super stressed, whether you realize it or not, from a, from a pandemic you know, year and a half here. Uh, it, it's led to a lot. There's been increasing polarization among different sides on different issues. And we sit there arguing about issues, you know, are you pro Black Lives Matters or are you pro police? And those are two very, very different, although intersecting issues that work with each other. And if we listen to both sides of those things, you recognize that you can hear stories that are very valid. And if you can approach those two stories with truly some listening, then you can start to find some common ground and, and some reasonableness amongst all of that rather than being polarized. Yeah, I, th I think it start. you know, we talked about listening. And I think one of the things that we could do, especially how to overcome some of those scenarios is, is, is listening, but not with the intent to, to respond, but listening with the intent to understand. But I think it even starts maybe a little bit before that. It's the attitude of approach. I think, I think it's the added, I think that would be one of my, we're not at the quick tips part just yet, but I think that's one of my thoughts here of how do we first overcome that? Okay, someone first has to step aside and say, okay, so what do I need to do? Even though I, I don't think that it's resolving my direct conflict here, my direct concern, um, what is my attitude of approach? Like, how do I need to respond to the situation in order to, like, maybe there's always an in order to, or so I can, you know, it's not the end game to then, okay, let me change my way I'm communicating right now. The end game is so that then we can get to this point, right? We have to, we have to kind of step aside to be able to overcome it. And I think it's the attitude of approach. What is your attitude? Is your attitude to win it or is your attitude to finally maybe resolve it? I think those are two different things too. Diana. I do love what Don was saying about like, I faked it a little bit in that moment. And part of, I think the part that I love is that I fake it a lot. Like I go into a meeting, I'm like, okay, I have to pretend that I care about these people's feelings. I genuinely do not. 
but I at least have to pretend for a minute. And I think that faking it is a decent tactic to just get your attitude a little bit right. Like I have to fake it and act like I care for just a minute. And then I genuinely end up hearing what they have to say. And then I do end up caring. Like it, they suck you in because, you know, I just faked it for a minute. So I love the like, just pretend to be a mature adult for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> these are I all. These... A lot. I just have to pretend to be a mature professional every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Diana and I are about to uh, go out of town to visit a client soon. So I, if, the, if you hear this before we get there, it's not about you. She's going to be fully intent and, you know, attentive and persistent with listening while we're there. I promise. She's going to well, be I great. like that team. I know those people because <laughs> I did at some point and now I really like them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. You overcame it because you listened, uh, you listened with intent. Yeah. Bethany. So sometimes you given your best effort, you have given your best effort and you cannot figure this out. You cannot come to a conclusion on your own. And I think it's okay also sometimes to kind of call in a mediator of sorts. So being willing to say, okay, we've tried, I've, I've tried to adjust my approach. I've tried to address their concerns and we can't figure this out. And I think sometimes you just have to walk away from it, right? But I also think that before you do that, be okay with having another person come in and help if possible, because like we were talking about this, I think before we started recording, but having that outside perspective, I think can be really important to help you identify that, oh, we're talking about two different things. Sometimes we don't easily see that. And so we need another person to come in and say it for us and help us just be able to prioritize the conversation the way it needs to be. We play that role for people sometimes, but it can be, you know, whether that's in your work relationships or in your personal relationships, don't be afraid to kind of call that play if you need to have somebody else involved in the conversation. Yeah, I know. I know something that, uh, and I like that. I know something that Diana says quite a bit too when we're talking about whether we're coaching an individual like that or working working with a company to work through a situation like this where both both of you are correct. How do we address it and then get go forward? Ultimately, you know, this might follow Diana your point earlier about how we just like to win, but ultimately, the, you know, going to the attitude of approach. My goal is not to fix you so you then think the same way that I think. I think that sometimes is maybe one of our hard parts about switch tracking, because that's what I'm trying to do is to convince you to think the way that I think about this certain situation, when in reality, that's only going to cause you frustration. That is only going to cause you frustration. Diana talks about the only person we're accountable for is ourselves on a daily basis. So what does winning look like for me in this scenario? Don? I think that's really key. If you, if you recognize that the only person you can really control is you, then in a conflict, you should take your eyes off of what's the other person doing. I'm trying to do everything I can to get the other person to act differently, to, to come to the table, to do the right things. You have to really take a step back and humble yourself a little bit and ask some questions and give some time. I've seen people do this, weak attempts of doing this in arguments of saying like, okay, I hear what you said and you know what I'm going to say next, just in what I just said, right? What's Bye. the next word? But I've You're heard- listen, I'm acknowledging what you said. I hear your truth. You know, it's a joke of, you know, to a couple that goes to see the counselor, right? I hear your truth, but I would like to add my truth to this now. You're still switch tracking. You just, because you said you heard it doesn't yeah. mean you've really heard it. Like to really hear it, I think you have to spend some time exploring it. 
Like you have yeah. to, you have to zero in. you have to put your topic down and let the other person pick it up or let it be, let it sit there for a while, which is vulnerable, which is a little bit scary and just explore their issue. Like, let's just, let's just, we're going to spend time just exploring what the other person is concerned about. And I'm going to ignore my side of this, hoping that it builds a relationship up that someday you'll come back to the table to discuss the other issue that I put on the table. Yeah. So we, we've recognized, you know, through our conversation just, just today, we recognize this is a thing. This is something that we fall into. We might refer to it as something else. We also recognize that when we fall into it, it's damaging to the relationship or the partnership or the team, but it's also damaging to you. You know, whenever we talk about, I'm only accountable for myself, what does winning look like for me in this specific scenario? It's not just so that they will see my point. It's so I can leave work feeling satisfied with my job and myself. I can go home and think about something like with my family instead of continuing to carry that with me all the time. Like there's got to be a, you know, winning for me also also looks like there's a there's a personal self-help kind of element to that too. So I can I can get over it personally because we can get sucked into that. You talked about those social media things there. I have known more than one person that has started that conversation in the morning and it goes, it goes till the night and there's no nothing that was solved ever in that conversation. Like it just keep, it just keeps going there. And so, so hopefully one of the things that intrigues you to want to get over it is for your own health and stress and good and for your family that you're about to walk home to. Don. I want to bring up an exception to this approach that we've just been talking about that was just occurring to me. If you're a manager of an employee and you are, and the employee is struggling with something, employees will switch track. Like, I need you to show up to work on time. And they're like, well, I need you to give me a manageable workload. For example, that is not a time where you say, okay, I'm going to completely put down the show to show up to work on time as the employer and say, now I'm just going to, what's your next complaint? I need to, I, need, I think some managers fall into the trap of, I need to solve every single one of my employees problems before I can hold you accountable to a thing I need you to do. If you're the employer, you can say, we will acknowledge these other things, but I need you to acknowledge this thing first. Like you can actually reverse that a little bit in, in terms of the conflict. Yeah. So I wanted to put out that exception piece. That's, that's a little bit more of, that's where management and leadership cross each other. There's a moment in management, if you need them to do something and it's a, it's a thou shalt do it and it's not getting done, you need to hit that person. Say like, I need you to hear me this piece and then we can address these other ones next. But I just thought that that exception heard me. And I didn't want to hear, I didn't want any managers to reach out to us later and say, I've resolved every issue I can possibly think of that my employees brought up and you're still not doing their job. I don't know what yeah. else to do. No, they still need to, they need to do their job and then you'll help them address any other issues that they have. You would say that boss. I get it. That's um, my role. Yeah. You all hear me? You all hear me <laughs> what I'm saying right now? Right. I'm picking up what you're laying down. I get it. <laughs> I get it. I hear you, but I have some other things to say. I understand I that's I your care. truth, Don. I don't care. I don't uh, care. <laughs> no, but you're right, right? Uh, some, sometimes, sometimes I think people, and this isn't just about this topic, I think we should maybe voice this. Sometimes uh, when we're doing different leadership topics, sometimes leaders or managers of people are almost taken aback. Like, what do we do? Just let them run the whole company? Like, I'm the boss for crying out loud. Okay, so yes, you, you are the boss. Yes, you are the manager. Yes, you are the leader, you need to be able to lead. Yes. Here's some just uh, tips and tools, use them appropriately, right? Here's some additional tools, use them uh, appropriately, or feel free to reach out. Uh, we'd be happy to walk through that with you too. So that's our disclaimer. That's a good, good catch done. Okay. So let's go. Are you ready to go around the table here? Or do you have another talking point that you would like to bring up? I'm getting nonverbals that say they're ready to go 
to the around the table. So let's go ahead and go, go around the table here and do our quick tip of the day, uh, talking about switch tracking. And you can take any stance that you want. Maybe it's another further of, hey, this is the way it occurs. This is the pitfall that I would watch out for. Or here's a way to overcome it. Or what if you're stuck in it? You know, take whatever lane you would like here, team. Uh, who would like to start us off here with your quick tip on switch tracking? Don. I, I think that the reason we really zeroed in on this topic of switch tracking is not just that you understand what switch tracking is or can even remember the term switch tracking as Matt's pointed out before, but it's really so that you can learn how you can resolve conflicts with people that you work with because there are so many studies that show that the strongest teams are the ones that have the most conflict, the ones that resolve those conflicts the best. Some teams avoid conflicts and those teams are not as productive as the teams that do have conflict but regularly resolve those. So this is a common way, common problem, the common barrier to resolving conflict. And we wanted to be able to talk about this. Once you're aware of it, it gives you a, an opportunity to be able to address it. Nice. Thanks, Don. Diana? Yeah, I'm going to add on that a little bit. I like what Don was saying. But I think my tip is recognize it for one, recognize when conflict occurs and try to get it out in the open. And then two, recognize that you can only change you. So yeah. you have to, like what Don did, he changed his approach. You have to change how you're reacting or approaching or trying to get this resolved. And I also think that you have to recognize that resolution is winning. You might not have won one the way you want to win, but you've resolved it and that is winning because then you're not carrying that burden with you. Nice. Yeah. Bethany. Yeah. So... I would say don't fight dirty and it's easy to do that when you're switch tracking because it's easy to be like, like to your point before, I don't, I want to win. And so I'm going to bring in any negative example that I can, that could be used against you, even if it's not relevant to this argument to try to win this fight. Don't do that. We all know that that's a dirty way to fight. So just don't do it. Yeah, um, that's, Stephanie, that's great. Every time you give a tip, I'm like, dang, that's a good one. It's so nice. I, <laughs> my brain did not even go there. So nice. It's probably because I also do those things too. So I'm very aware of it. <laughs> fight dirty. <laughs> Bethany says fight dirty. Okay. No, no <laughs> I get it. Here's, here's the thing too that I would say as far as the, the takeaway anyways, and, and we didn't even talk about this, but I want you to kind of look inside of yourself here for just a second, introspectively and understand how do you react to certain situations? How do you react yourself whenever people might try the switch tracking. So somebody gives you feedback, uh, you're trying to solve something, but then they, you recognize that they have changed the topic or they're trying to confront you with something. How do you then react to that situation? Because your reaction might be worse than the question that was actually asked in the first place. And so just maybe a personal growth thing. How do you, how do you react when you feel like maybe you are under attack or the situation is not resolved? Do you lash out? Do you seek to understand? What's your first go-to? What are your nonverbal saying whenever somebody is approaching you like that? Uh, all of those different uh, reactions, I think this is a personal thing, but I would take a step back and maybe ask some people, hey, how have you seen me react to those types of things? If that's something that you're concerned about as well. So hopefully you've enjoyed those tips around switch tracking and the art of this conversation and communication. Hopefully the benefits of overcoming the things that you are personally stuck in right now, the potentially around this idea of, of, of switch tracking um, outweigh the, the need for you to win this point uh, that you're currently stuck in right now as well. So 
If you'd have other questions or need other advice, feel free to reach out and we look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the More Than Work podcast. Join us next time. And in the meantime, lead well.